0: hello and welcome to the agency podcast eugene Napic here in toronto and candy minks here in norwalk connecticut Norwalk, Connecticut. Yeah, and I'm going to take a little picture of a
1: screenshot because right in the background is my friend and host, Fusion. So I'm just going to take a picture of him eating pistachios in the background. I've got a Negroni to my right. All right. Yep. Do you know what a Negroni is? I have no idea. (laughs) It's a cocktail made with gin, Campari, and vermouth. This one's made with Aperol, and it's quite delicious with a beautiful orange peel squished into it. See Yum. I'm holding it up to the camera.
0: I just have a cup of tea. Oh, I
1: thought you might be imbibing. I am not. You are not. All right. Um, well, hey, so I, I made it here from Savannah.
0: Yeah, we need to hear all about everything. <laughs> just start at the start. Should I start at the
1: start? Okay. Go
0: right through to the finish. I'll and try. And then we'll talk.
1: Okay, well, let's see. I, I I was talking to you last week in Clarksville. Tennessee, where I had a little break between driving from Chicago to Savannah. So on Saturday morning, no, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, (laughs) Tuesday morning, I think, I got up early and started driving to Savannah. I had an Airbnb booked for the week and it um I just kept going and going. It was about nine hours. Not too bad, about the same length of time it takes me to get to Toronto. And I get into town and I set up in the airbnb which was a really cute place it did not have a desk in my um room so i pilfered from the uh, back deck the a little glass coffee table to put my computer on so we could um oh maybe we did the podcast we i did i forgot i got off the highway and we did the podcast that right there. Right. i totally forgot that i was like how did i drive and do the podcast um and after i talked to you i took off and i went outside i was a little bit nervous but it turned out that we were in a my airbnb was in a Pretty posh neighborhood and seemed to be fairly safe. As soon as I left, there was lots of women out in the street walking around, so I felt pretty comfortable. I got a Caesar salad, and I talked to the bar guy where I got my Caesar salad. And I went to the hotel hoping to find um, early birds like myself, but I didn't see anyone at the conference yet. The next morning, I woke up super early because in my it, it all starts at 7.30. This is a pretty brutal conference. They go from... Seven thirty in the morning till about six at night.
0: Seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, the panel started
1: right that early. I guess they're cramming in as many people as possible in three days. So I go to the hotel. I still don't see anyone. I find out where the the conference is, and it turns out it doesn't start till two. <laughs> well,
0: I could. Seven thirty and two are are really different numbers.
1: I know. Thursday and Friday it did start at seven thirty. On the first day, it didn't start
0: till two. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like a banjo camp.
1: Kind of like a banjo camp. And I didn't really notice that i looked at the wrong page in my um, program. So I thought, well, I'll go drive to the beach. And that's what I did. And I posted some photos of it. It was just an incredible experience. I went swimming in the ocean. And then I went back to the hotel, got showered up, got dressed and proceeded to um, enjoy the festivities that is the Cormac McCarthy Society Conference. A lot of fun. And I was pretty nervous. I knew everyone was gonna go out for drinks after the um, after the, the first day, but I did not because I was picking up Dennis McCarthy at the airport. So um, it's getting dark. I did get to eat some hors d'oeuvres. They had a little welcoming party and opening festivities. So I ate some hors d'oeuvres because I was starving, but I knew we were gonna go out for supper, so I didn't wanna to eat too much. The airport, you know, if you drive to the airport in Chicago or Toronto, it's very bright. It's still considered almost like within the city. True, it's an airport, but the highways are very bright. This was dark and rural. And, of course, I made some wrong turns, and I was getting more and more nervous because, oh, my God, I'm going to be late. Um, and at one point, I kind of did a big loop-de-loop, and Dennis texted me and said, the Eagle has landed. And I'm like, oh, my God, how could this be happening? But I got there just on time by the time he walked off the plane. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, we went out for supper. and It was really great. But something happened before that. Well, everyone was milling around after the conference. Uh, the first day, I met a woman I know, Diane. Um, I've met her at several um, conferences. And she's a very avid biocritic of Cormat McCarthy in a lot of ways. She does a lot of research about his life and where he lived and traveled and stuff. And so, hi, Diane, how are you doing? And she, and I and the woman next to her said, hi, I'm Anne. I went, well, hi, Anne. And Diane goes, this is Anne DeLise. My jaw dropped. I wish somebody had a photo to take a picture of me. And I said, I'm about to pick up your ex-brother-in-law at the airport. This was a, a former wife of Corbett McCarthy came to the conference. Cool. Yeah, very cool. And she is a wonderful person. She was like the life of the party. She was very bright and and positive spirited. And um, she, of course, makes a joke and says, don't tell him I'm here. And uh, then I proceeded to also be stressed, like, is this going to be awkward? But in fact, it seemed like everybody got along. They'd been in touch on and off over the years anyway. And um, so I got Dennis back. We were having dinner. I said, Dennis, don't be nervous. When you walk into that hotel, you're going to be a rock star. <laughs> Everyone's going to want to talk to you. I probably won't even see you again the rest of the conference because you're just going to be so popular. Um, anyway, so um, dropped him off and and the rest is history. He was very, very busy the rest of the conference. And our roundtable went really well. We um, had a lot of fun. It was on the last day of the of the conference. And, um, you know, a lot of people asked him questions, he told so many stories, some you know from our podcast, and he told a lot of stories in the background about how he wrote the book and uh, different anecdotes about his life. And it was really, really good. And we had an incredible photographer, the keynote speaker is a, like a world famous photographer who's taken pictures of everybody. I mean, he gave us a slideshow, a, a beautiful slideshow of, of some of the work he's done. He's taken pictures of pretty much every famous writer, including Salman Rushdie, who um, wrote the forward to his book of photographs, in fact. And um, tons of writers, tons of TV personalities, tons of politicians. I mean, it was stunning. And he was such a great personality. He was very humble. I would have thought he would like not care about us, but he was super friendly. And then we went to an art show of his recent photograph photographs of Cormac McCarthy. So cool. it was just an incredible um, conference. And of course, lots of food and debauchery with um, we'd go off in groups to eat dinner. And, you know, I will say that there's an occupational benefit to being um in the Cormac McCarthy society is that everyone seems to be a brilliant conversationalist and very, yeah. very interesting and funny. So I just had an incredible time. So does this make you um, a lit bum? It does make me a lit bum, but I don't want to culturally appropriate the word lit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, you know, at Oberon university, I, a few years ago, I guess a professor had a t-shirt saying Shakespeare is lit and kids just, you know, came down on her heart. You know, it is funny, Shakespeare is lit, that's pretty funny, but they were like, you can't take our our culture, that's our word. So I don't know, these are things we're fighting out in um, the culture wars, you know? Great. In the media, what we can talk about, what's owned by different people. Um, I had a great time, and then I drove a very long drive from Savannah, I got a, I got a little bit of a late start, I probably left around nine from savannah i had another airbnb that i stayed in and another beautiful one and uh got up and just drove 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 up highway 95 through Bmore, but i didn't get off on of bemore i was afraid <laughs> don't want to spend any time in bemore in fact we went in a tunnel underneath the city and um went through dc cool. it looked really cool it was beautiful to see dc from the highway i had not seen it from that view before And um, then of course, you know the feeling of when you come through, either come down from Canada or up from New Jersey, and all of a sudden you see something very magical. Manhattan, just like a beautiful, strange jewel toy sitting there, it's just such an uncanny feeling. And this was at nighttime and the buildings were so beautiful. Of course, I wanted to pull over on the highway and try and take pictures, but it was just too dangerous. Uh, I was trying not to look too much, but it looked so gorgeous. The Empire State Building was all red. Everything just looked like beads were on it. Can't wait to get downtown. And then I'm here. I'm here with my um, former college buddy, Fusion. We've we visited him before. My husband and I have spent time with him. He's come to our place in Chicago. We've traveled with him. And oh, we're just having a fun couple of days here. That's Excellent. it. That's what I got.
0: Well, we've been mostly busy um, finishing up a mosaic project that's uh, Hmm. due by the end of the week. So um, it's a project using um, Byzantine smalty tiles, glass Mm -hmm. tiles. Um, And uh, I just started uh, the grouting process today. So that's coming along. Looks like we're going to get it done in time.
1: Oh, good. Now, how long does it take to dry? Um,
0: I would say that the cement that we use really needs to cure for a day or so. The grout dries in a couple hours.
1: Okay. So you're on it.
0: Yeah, we're in good shape with it. Yeah,
1: it's not going to be falling off of the base or anything like that. (laughs) No, it sounds great. I love that. And um, how far do you have to take it to
0: deliver it? Um, An hour and a half drive.
1: Okay, great. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Great. How's your reading going? I know you showed us a lot of books you're into.
0: Well, slowly. I'm still plotting my way through Smiley's People. I'm probably about three quarters of the way through that. Mm, how is it? You know, it's. Um, I, there were certain things that in the, the, the BBC series that I didn't really quite understand. But it's clearer to me reading the book. Oh, good. Oh, wow. That's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the book offers you a little bit more, a little bit more Mm -hmm. detail, a little Mm -hmm. bit more uh, nuance. Mm. Um, So it's quite good. But, you know. Uh, those Le Carre books—they don't just bounce you right through those pages fast. They're—they're they're like no, they, no. they're pretty slow pages.
1: Right, that is true. Uh, like I say, I have a hard time reading those. <laughs> I did
0: read his autobiography though.
1: That one was ex- was easy to read for me. I do. I I'd like to read Smiley's People because it's so mysterious. It is hard to tell what the hell's going on. And you've watched it a couple of
0: times. Yeah. So yeah. I should be finished that uh, in a few days and I'm not sure which of the uh, the books we talked about in my pile I'm going to start into next.
1: <laughs> we'll, well, I'm pretty excited because there's two new book releases this month in October coming out. One of them is a new book by Cormac McCarthy called The Passenger and she has not had a published novel oh in 8 years. So, I mean, everyone's going nuts anticipating this. It's just so exciting. Um, I've heard some people who had read advanced copies. They weren't, wasn't their favorite. But the one thing I have heard is that I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really care about. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it does sound really good. And um, you know, what's funny is maybe you can help me. I'm, I'll just tell you something. One of the people I met, they kind of surprised me. They said, Candy. We were out for lunch or something. Can you tell me some independent films that you would recommend? And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, well, I'll have to think about it. So I was starting a list today that I thought people should see. And obviously, some of my favorite directors. I feel like I have to put a light on here. It's pretty, oh, I don't even see a light anywhere near me. I've got sunlight coming in behind me, as you can see. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it made me think of, um, I sent them an email. It's sort me. of
0: like doing a podcast with a supernatural being.
1: That that's both of us are supernatural beings. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a bit about metaphysical meditations with Dennis, as you know, and we really encouraged people to get his book. We were really, and he brought some copies and the bookstore across the street had some copies. So I'm hoping people will read it. Um there were probably about eight of us that had already read it, and the the rest of the conference people had not. So I'm sure he's going to get some sales. Mm-hmm. So, I, I wrote this um, fellow I met that um, teaches in Rhode Island, and I said how I remembered that Roger Ebert said there's Hollywood movies and then there's everybody else. And that's kind of how he defined um, independent films. So, I wrote a little list here. I put on, um, I said that I always, always love Cassavetti's, Guy Madden, uh, Fellini, Stan Brackage, Agnes Vargas. Kenneth Unger. I consider Orson Welles an independent filmmaker. I don't know if he is or not, but I do consider him. So I made a list here. San Soleil by Chris Marker. Winnipeg, My Winnipeg by Guy Madden. The Mirror by Jafal Panini. That's the Iranian film I was hoping you could try and track down. I think you'd really like it. Um, Local Hero by, um, oh God, what's his name? Bill, I want to say Rathkin. That doesn't sound right f is for fake by orson wells tangerine and the florida project which we've talked about here yes but both, both by the same director yes, whose both name excellent I, both excellent uh dharma brothers by um oh my god a woman i i forgot to write i, I typed the, the um directors in my my email but i didn't write them on my page the evil dead sex lies and videotape bad timing don't look now unsane limbo that's by John Sales. I don't know if you ever saw that. Black Power Magic Mixtape. Black Power Mixtape. John Zorn's, this is from Stay. John Zorn's Bookshelf in the Sky. I put down The Art of Killing, which Zach had recommended to me years ago. Um, our beekeeper friend. And what else do I have here? Oh, Memories of Murder. We both saw that if, uh, last year, remember? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Have you got Um, Highway 61 on that?
1: No, that would have been great by Bruce McDonald.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I can add that. I told him I was not going to remember everything. So Highway 61, good choice. I put Runaway Train, because I always really liked that one. The Local Stigmatic, which is with uh, Al Pacino, and The Measure of a Man. I forgot that director's name, too. But that was a list I started with. Oh, I put Choose Me and The Modern's on there, too. (laughs) And a couple of uh, movies by Catherine Bigelow back in her early days near dark mm. and the loveless so that was very fun I, I just love that stuff that comes at the conference you just have such a list i i, I was writing a list of things people were recommending to me yeah you know
0: one to add to that list also is scarborough
1: oh yeah scarborough okay scarborough really and gritty, Highway remarkable film. yeah okay good i will add to that if you get any more just text them to me mm-hmm. that'd be great um, I've given my friend fusion a couple of, we we um, he's doing some driving lessons. So we drove for half an hour today or an hour, went to the beach to get, um, some truffle fries. I may have told you about these before. They are mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Truffle fries.
0: They're made with real truffles or truffle oil,
1: truffle oil okay. and truffle salt. And they are to die for. And I'd like to get a garlic aioli and dip them in. So I had that for lunch today. It was really good. <laughs> Sounds and, good. and that's at Ripka's on the Long Island Sound. Near Connecticut, in Connecticut.
0: So, so meanwhile, I, yeah. you managed to find enough time yeah. to see the woman king.
1: I did. I ran out earlier today and I had to get home and splash water on my face and snap myself out of it. I cried like a fucking baby. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. I
0: mean, you've got a So, The Woman King, can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. It's it's a historical epic um, set during uh, the slave trade in Africa in a real-life African kingdom called Dahomey, which was a kingdom that had two features that we know. One is that they had these really cool and fierce group of all female warriors called a Goji who were really tough and seriously nasty. (laughs) Um, And we also know that, well, they also got rich off the slave trade and they got rich by, Selling prisoners.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is, did I get that right? Selling I prisoners, can, I think. Yep. I so, guess
1: some warring tribes, maybe. Yeah. So if you yep. take,
0: take them prisoner, they sell them. Yeah. And um, the general um, of the uh, Agoji is Naniska, uh, and it's played by uh, Viola Davis, who is just, she's <sighs> just so powerful. She's, she is. And she's you pretty know. Pretty awesome.
1: We've talked about her. She's just really one of my very, very favorite actors. Um, you know, this woman, this actor has said some of the most incredible dialogue in the last 15 years that I've ever seen between um, how to get away with murder, her series, Doubt, and this movie. The dialogue that she has is dialogue that we are all so topical, so important, so personal, that so many women have thought about and whether we've talked about it or wanted to talk about it, it's intrinsic to our lives. It's just stunning. Uh, Yeah, so Viola Davis is just killer. She said she was born to play this role and I I think she is. I think she's going to get an Oscar for it. She's so incredible. I'd be very surprised if she didn't. It's an odd movie because um, structurally it kind of you know kind of caught me off guard we start with a battle right away not unlike wonder woman where it's a a a, a warriors fighting it out it's very compelling to watch a company that's only women we're so used to war films because this is a war film it's most definitely a war film and um we're so used to it being male dominated that it's really hard
0: Absolutely. It's, it's just I, was, I think it's a pretty important film. Yeah. Certainly for Hollywood to yeah. see a film in which the action is being driven by women uh, yeah. and moreover black women. Yes. It's it's insane. It's just um so I I I would say that 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 puts it it makes it very timely, um makes it I think a really important really important film. I would um, say so. In other ways, I thought it's also very much like films we've seen before um from um comic book superhero films Mm -hmm. to um other films set in the jungle Um, except the point of view of course is is different it's turned on its head um by um focusing on 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 driving the action through the female characters
1: right well i would compare it i think if for setting like apocalyptic I don't know if you ever saw that by Mel Gibson and and Vietnam movies also in the jungle um, set in jungle environments that are, you know, um, they did not have a lot of jungle scenes in this movie. It was pretty um, bare bones and Avatar also in a forest, but. It was not, you know, whereas in Vietnam, you really have that jungle feeling in, in Vietnam movies.
0: They, they really focus more on the broader landscape. They kept going back to what I, I whispered to, uh, to Sheila. It's a Wallander shot.
1: It's a Wallander shot. I found it interesting. I love the recreation of the city. I thought that the art direction was so gorgeous of what that city would have looked like and how accomplished it was as a community um. Yeah, I I, it, I, found all of that super intriguing. Um,
0: you're right. I, it is, I have some it is complaints. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, Eugene's number one complaint on 95% of too all long. films. Too it's long. too long. It's, and I wasn't the only one saying, edit, edit, edit. <laughs> uh, it needed some editing in our opinion. Yeah. Um, I... I wonder about, they introduced a kind of love interest to the Mm -hmm. film. They did. And then just shot that down. I don't know why they wasted time bothering with it. Well, I guess I have a response to why they did.
1: I feel they did it so that you could see that um, maybe a woman's work is very important to her, that she's not going to get married and leave. Because the the woman who was... um, being flirted with by um, someone who turned out to be ethical and on her side. He was, he did not like slavery. He was, he had a black mother who had been taken as a slave, and maybe, maybe freed into America, and a white father. And he really did fall in love with a young initiate into this warrior um, company. But there she was saying no, because I think that's why they had it, was that she chose not to choose the life of getting married. Um, he brings her clothes because her clothes at one point are bloody from battle, and he brings her Western, like North American underwear. And she just is rolling her eyes at it, like this is ridiculous clothing. And she does at one point wear it because she's you know has to go out and fight again. But she really didn't want his world. She wanted to be with her women. And I think that's why they had the love story. I cannot tell you how emotional it was when we start to find out Viola Davis's past that she had been captured by enemies and what they did was rape her over and over again. I mean, that's why I was crying. I was crying because there were so many stories that are so important for women and that, um, you know, these connections you have and how you come back and how you recover recover. So there was a lot that we could look at it in terms of traumas, in terms of war and female warriors. You know, this is what we're seeing this in the United States, that when women were accepted into the military, their own military was raping them, their own company would be raping them. So it's such a sacrifice that um, women make, that men don't have that in a in a way. And then the, the risk of pregnancy, of course, and um, choosing. So I thought that it comes up that Viola Davis had decided not to live a married life as well. So I thought the young girl story was to mirror that with this guy tempting her to marry. That's why I think it was in there, in my opinion. Um, It was long, but I was there for it. It didn't bother me. I was like.
0: And I would say most of the audience would, would agree with you um, based on just watching people around. Um, I wanted the film to dive into the context more. I wanted. I mm-hmm. wanted to understand more about this kingdom's relationship to the slave trade, right. and they dealt with it in a really superficial way. You know, with uh, warrior general says, "Oh yeah, we just need to we do palm oil instead." Oh, okay, palm oil. Right. Um, they really didn't deal with it. You, you know, know. Uh, yeah. and I I thought that in general. It seemed to be just a little bit um, I, I don't know how to say this. Um,
1: Maybe light too light for you. You yeah, wanted, I, I, I thought it
0: wasn't it wasn't gritty enough. and even the fight scenes seemed very, very choreographed to me. and it seems like they made them less uh, brutally awful um than they might have um I wasn't sure I just wasn't sure some of the why's there um I thought it was okay it was a it was a rollicking adventure story I agree it's an important story for women for sure um I recommend people see it
1: yeah
0: and I thought all the actors were
1: good you know it's funny because I didn't expect them to have that any allusion to the idea that maybe there was a profit for people to you know we've heard it before and we're aware of it that you know you've got a marketplace oh well you need if you if I can make money giving you my enemies okay here they are I I was really surprised they did put that into the movie even though it was light I feel like maybe the um the story in the movie was made for a broad audience from teenagers PG
0: I, I think that yeah. they, they were, it seemed to me like they were very conscious to make it a PG film.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting because is that so that young women can feel like they can see themselves on screen or is it also to try and sell more tickets? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't know
0: the answer. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know. I understand wanting to have a, a, a big hit that lots of people are going to see and yeah. that that can go across Uh, ages yeah um, generations I think that's uh I could see why they're doing that of course yeah
1: I I I love the choreography and the fight scenes it um I thought it was so exciting because you know I love martial arts movies and they choreograph all those fight scenes like John Woo and um chamber 36 chambers and all that style of I I just love that that genre so to see it in this different format with women in different clothing I I was there for it I I didn't know what to expect to tell you the truth I knew I wanted to see the woman uh, king but I didn't know what I was going in for Mm -hmm. and so I was pleasantly surprised and yes I think it I can see it being a little light and maybe too attractive but I liked it (laughs)
0: I I think that that your reaction to it is, is the popular reaction. I think
1: so. I I, think people
0: generally uh, were found that an uplifting sort of film and um, people seem very positive about it. Yeah.
1: And I can tell you right now, I will mention it again, is if you do want a gritty war film, see the art of killing. And uh, there's, there's your um, anecdote and having watched it, I'm not sure I'm happy about watching it. You know, it was a very difficult, disturbing film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting just a just in the genre of war films
0: quite different yeah and you know i went to see this film knowing nothing about it yeah she yeah. said i want to go to this film you want to come sure yeah. okay yeah. i really i do nothing about it except that <laughs> viola davis was in it yeah and heck i go there go to see just about any of her films for sure right um but if uh, if you had said, hey, there's this new war film called The Woman King. You should go see it. I probably would just avoid it. Because sure. usually I don't like war films.
1: I know. I know. And I feel like I've seen all the war films.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do like war films. I'm usually exhausted after them. But um yeah, this one had had it all. I really feel like um young women, young women are gonna love this movie. I really feel that. And I hope they go. Because this old woman really liked it. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so um I haven't been watching a lot of TV or anything because I've been traveling and and um, the TVs didn't work at the Airbnb. I only had I oh you know what though, there's a new uh, British baking show.
0: What's it called?
1: The British Baking Show. Of course There's it is. a new season. A new season, I meant.
0: Oh, oh British, I see. The Great okay, British got Baking
1: it. Show. So I was pretty excited. I did watch the, the first episode. I haven't watched the uh, following ones. I think. I guess I have a new, a second one should be out this week. I'm going to watch that later on tonight. So that's pretty cool. I made my friend Fusion watch The Counselor last night. <laughs> I, think he wasn't ex- I think he was a little disappointed how depressing it was because I think
0: actually you're the only person that I know who has watched and liked that film.
1: I, I am one of the few people and I will I will say that at the conference it came up, one person did a paper on the counselor and it was so good. It was so good that I kind of kept bugging them that they had to read my paper <laughs> on the counselor. Please please read my paper because it would it doesn't get a lot of coverage. it doesn't get a lot of attention. And I think it's a totally underestimated film. And um, he did such a good job of the paper. It was so fantastic. He really talked about Malkina, that she was a, her, you know, when she was a kid, her parents had a state sanctioned murders thrown out of helicopters. He really went for defending Malkina, which is what my paper did too. So I was like, oh my God, I wish we could have a website with both our versions on there to revisit. Um, So yeah, I watched it last night. It was interesting. I haven't watched it in about a year. (laughs) So it was kind of fun to uh, watch it again. And uh, because I'm forcing him, I'm forcing my friend to read my paper, of course. So I said, you have to watch this so you can read my paper.
0: It's tough being your friend sometimes. I know, I know. (laughs) Meanwhile, just before you invited me on to our uh, little broadcast today. Yes. um, There's an update in the chess scandal.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. Magnus oh Carlsen has issued a statement I can't as wait. follows. Thank you. At 3 35 p.m., he issued it Dear Chess World, at the 2022. Sinkfield oh, you're cutting Cup, out. Hold on. You're cutting I made the out. unprecedented. Is that better now? Yes. Okay. At the 2022 Sink Field Cup, I made the unprecedented professional decision to withdraw from the tournament after my round three game against Hans Niemann. A week later during the Champions Chess Tour, I resigned against Hans Niemann after playing only one move. I know that my actions have frustrated many in the chess community. I'm frustrated. I want to play chess. I want to continue to play chess at the highest level in the best events. I believe that cheating in chess is a big deal and an existential threat to the game. I also believe that chess organizers and all those who care about the sanctity of the game we love should seriously consider increasing security measures and methods of cheat detection for over-the-board chess. When Neiman was invited last minute to the 2022 Sinkfield Cup, Mm -hmm. I strongly considered withdrawing prior to the event. I ultimately chose to play. I believe that Neiman has cheated more and more recently than he has publicly admitted. Oh my God. His over the board progress has been unusual. And throughout our game in the Sinkfield Cup, I had the impression that he wasn't tense or even fully concentrating on the game in <gasps> critical positions while outplaying me as black in a way I think only a handful of players can do. This game contributed to changing my perspective. We must do something about cheating, and for my part going forward, I don't want to play against people that that have cheated repeatedly in the past, because I don't know what they're capable of doing in the future. There is more I would like to say. Unfortunately... At this time, I am limited in what I can say without explicit permission from Neiman to speak openly. So far, I have only been able to speak with my actions, and those actions have stated clearly that I am not willing to play chess with Neiman. I hope that the truth on this matter comes out, whatever it may be. Sincerely, Magnus Carlsen, World Chess Champion.
1: Wow. And he just made a great move. When he says, without the permission of Neiman.
0: Well, he's obviously, anything. there's there's legal stuff going on.
1: Correct. But also, if Neiman is innocent and hasn't done anything, there's nothing he could trace. He's almost like double dog dared him. So if I double dog dare you, Eugene, look, with your permission, I'm going to tell you what I think you just cheated on. But but if, but if you're, he's
0: saying I can't say anything without his permission, that must mean there's a legal, something legal stopping him. Oh, you do? Yes, that? I think there's there's some kind of restraining order on any comments. Like an NDA. Why why would
1: they would they have that in the game before they signed up? He wouldn't have signed something like that, would he?
0: Oh, I I assume that that Neiman is suing him. Oh I presume that Neiman has launched a lawsuit. Yeah, um, and this is saying I can't say anything unless this guy gives me permission. So there must be something from a judge that says you oh. can't say anything oh, unless he says it's okay.
1: Okay, and what if he says it was okay? Why wouldn't he say go ahead and say something?
0: Well, I don't know.
1: I mean, if you're if you're innocent, why wouldn't you go ahead? What's your theory of how I cheated? I did not cheat.
0: And it's a theory. It's not proven. It's not even existent. Aren't you confident that you're innocent? I would say anything Carlson says damages Neiman and his career. So if Carlson can't prove that Neiman was cheating, um, Neiman is going to want to be made whole. Okay.
1: Well, it sounds like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I see what you're saying. It's, you know, it's hard for me to understand. I thought it might just be, Communicating in the press and the public forum to be safe, but I see what you're saying. It's it's possibly it's
0: probably a legal issue. Well, and, he he went so far as to is to say I cannot say anything yes without so, his express permission so in a statement.
1: Isn't there some way that
0: Neiman can? He may not
1: feel he has to. I mean, on the other hand, let's say I was let's say I was innocent and I didn't cheat. Just the mere Idea of engaging in that kind of campaign, gossip campaign, would be wrong, well, for, morally. Morally,
0: Neiman. I mean, he gave one interview. Beyond Beyond that, anything he says can only be damaging. Really, even on Neiman's side. I think I think he'll only damage himself. He's better to not say anything. Right. He. I, I'm sure he wants the whole thing to go away and he wants to continue to play chess. But um, if Carlson refuses to play him, then, um, well, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Would you say that something in you feels that it's possible he cheated? What's your gut telling you about Neiman? Or do you feel good Well, I know
0: that he's, he's admitted to cheating before.
1: Right, but how many years ago? Was it three years ago? Something like that. And he's apologized and said he wouldn't do it again, correct? Yes. Am I naive to think that that would mean he wouldn't?
0: Well, if he did it when he was 12, it occurred to him to do it again when he was 16. Oh. Yeah, still, young, idiot, teenager. You know, I often ask myself, why would people cheat in a game? Because, well, what's the point? You Mm -hmm. haven't won anything if you win by cheating. Right right? Um, unless people are doing it for a financial gain. I won the right. tournament money.
1: Right, right.
0: So it's hard for me to understand why people do that. But people do it in, as we said in a previous podcast, in just about every game or sport sure. you could come up with. Yeah, they People cheat. have figured out ways of cheating it.
1: Yeah, and they cheat because they, they feel they'll never get caught. They feel that um, the pressure on them to make that money and to support that famous persona of them being a winner um, seems to corrupt them. Like capitalism corrupts everybody in, in that way, it is also a victim of the money-making machine, just like in Cormac McCarthy's blood burning, selling scalps, like in the movie woman Kings selling bodies. I mean, uh, you're right. But there's also what the idea do? of being
0: the best.
1: Yeah, yes. That's what I was trying to come up with. Yeah. The um, being the best, being famous for the best, I mean, that's got to be a high. It's a mental high if you're a chess player, for sure. And, yeah, so all those reasons. But the thing is, if you cheat, how can you not get caught? In a chess thing, who's in it with him? How can he cheat in this game? I'm going to put the light on for us. How can he cheat? I mean, forget the anal beats. I don't want, I don't, want, I mean, other than it's a microphone he's stuck into his body. But if he had someone tell him the gameplay that his opponents are going to play, why would those people stay quiet? Except, I guess, that he's going to share the money with them.
0: Mm. But they
1: don't get that fame. They don't get anything mm. out of it, except maybe some money.
0: No. I think the, the more, maybe the more likely thing is that there is some kind of signaling device. Mm hmm some way that um that gives some kind of signal as to which variation is the best variation or something right. i don't know it would never even occur to me to want to do that i think all of these guys what an honor it is for them they're the elite players right yes. they the, the, the best at this yes. um, yeah maybe one one guy wins a little more than the other guys they're all super fantastic compared to everybody else you know I agree
1: I agree. I think that is the, the better way of looking at it. You're hoping people are are glad to be just in the room. That if you've made it to that room, well, yeah, amazing player, you've already done it in a way. Yeah, the there's gonna be a win. The problem with competition is
0: somebody's gonna win. Now Somebody it may be, be that there's that this is like the tip of the iceberg, and maybe that there is a really big problem with chess cheating. Mm-hmm. And it's, maybe it's been going on for a long time, and maybe, maybe Carlson has decided on the way out he's just going to see if he could shake the tree, and yeah. See if uh, see if he got a fix going.
1: I can see my personality wanting to try and do something like that. There's a part of me that would think, okay, I'm, I'm already retiring. I might as well try and make a, a an effort here to get rid of this. And certainly we know that technical equipment is small enough to hide it in your body somewhere, be it your
0: or or your vag (laughs) or your dental work or your nose or I don't know
1: yeah right well with the poker guy Mike um Virginia was saying that she thought there was some combination between his baseball cap and the film and the way he kept fiddling with things and that there was a receptor in the baseball cap I mean when you think about it there should be some way to check
0: your clothing on, on such things you know um It's just the same. It's just a shame that no matter what we do, us humans manage to find a way to fuck it up. Mm
1: -hmm. That is, that is something we certainly do do. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And it does suck. It, it sucks. And it sucks for kids hearing about it. It sucks for anybody in, in, you know, chess culture and gaming to hear this. It um, it's a shame. And even the guy claiming it, his way of claiming is maybe not the best way either. He's he's not doing a lot of favours by this way. It would have been better if he'd
0: really been able to ex- expose it in some way. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, but maybe he didn't know how to do that. and I, That's true. And wanted to do something yeah. and was just so frustrated, deciding he just wasn't going to play this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I, don't- I, I could sort of see both, both sides. If Neiman is innocent, well, then, then really what Carlson has done has been very damaging to him. Yes.
1: And, you know, and it's um, interesting because it kind of ties into um, Me Too and women, uh, just women saying, look, this guy, you know, definitely there's rape. There's Weinstein rape. I don't even mean that. But there's some women coming out with Wynne Butler that you told me about now he didn't have sex with he probably he probably had sex with some of the women in it i read that whole pitchfork article and he came out pretty tacky and scuzzy you know um he was pushing himself entering the world of young women's who were really fans just thinking they were equals to him. and one was 18 and one was 23 and i thought it was pretty damning what i read in pitchfork um put that up against How do you come out and, you know, those girls were like a mess for coming out and saying something, put it up against the idea of you certainly could do it anonymously. I think with Aziz, the comedian, when he went on a terrible date with a woman and she published his name and the bad date and how he behaved, he was not polite. He was not a good date. Um, And he was famous, so he did have some sense of advantage by being in that role. Um, I think he can still have a career and I don't think that can be held against him. That's really more an ethical thing that you're just rude. so I don't see it that different than this guy coming out. He's almost doing that with the chess game and cheating. You know what I mean? Where he's pushing the boundary, only he's really naming a name in particular. And if chess has cheaters like that so badly, he really should say it across the board.
0: Yeah. That's what he thinks. You know, the the difficulty is that the, the people who are in the business of detecting cheating are saying there was no cheating at that cup.
1: Yeah! Wow! Yeah, yeah! Yeah! So
0: it either the cheating is more sophisticated and they're able to mm-hmm. detect. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that what what Carlson said in his statement that he felt that um, Neiman did not appear to be tense or even really overly focused on the game. That was that's very telling. I think that's. I thought that was the most
1: interesting thing that he said too. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that, that that was pretty damning um, because, you know, having watched chess matches, I have seen that kind of almost like wolf-like concentration and focus. And um, yeah, you'd think there would be some sweating in there.
0: But, you know, Neiman's behavior in tournaments, mm-hmm. online tournaments in mm-hmm. particular in the past, has been really weird. He Mm. just goes on tirades. He curses and swears. Mm -hmm. um, He jumps up and down, um, has hissy fits. Uh, So he's really, he's not well liked in the chess community, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Mm
1: -hmm. And they've
0: watched him grow up. Yeah. Right? Because this guy is catapulted, as a really, as a teenager into Mm -hmm. prominence.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It's like a child actor going wild. And you know, we don't know what did his parents do. Did they really force him into this? Um, did they did he get spoiled? Did he not feel, you know, enough support and downtime as a kid to relax and enjoy growing up? I mean, we don't know.
0: And yes. you know, I mean, some that, of that, that, that reminds like, me of that uh, that wonderful film, um
1: Queen's Gambit.
0: No, I was thinking oh, Queen's Gambit. Sorry. I was thinking of uh uh was it the search for Bobby Fisher? Yeah,
1: searching for Bobby
0: Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in which was based on a real life US chess champion who came to the conclusion that chess is not his whole life. Yeah. He was a chess prodigy, but he could do other things well and went on to become a martial arts champion. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it really yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that film really focuses on the kind of ugliness of the parents mm-hmm. with the prodigies handling mm-hmm. the prodigies. and
1: I mean, I do have to wonder what this guy's family is like. And you know, that, that, that when you're a kid and you, you, who enabled him to be cheating? How did that happen? I mean, I really want to see what the, the, it, you know, the circumstances were. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I think if someone cheats and especially when they're young and their kids, we do have to forgive them and hope that they will move on and, and learn lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the right thing to do. You apologize, you fix your ways, you do it again at sixteen. Well, then you do it. But when you keep doing it, then there is something like. Um, what was that? That was a motorcycle whipping down the street behind me, out oh, okay. the back door there. Um, you you want to you want to have signs of fitting in. You would need I would think some counseling, some PR agent, body language work. All of those things, which I assume chess players must look into so that they don't be telling what they're going to do. They have to get like poker players. I would imagine they would work on their body language to not give any tells away.
0: I know that when my brother played in chess tournaments, Mm -hmm. um, when he was a young man, Mm -hmm. um, he liked to wear a really, really ugly tie yeah tournament yeah uh, to throw off his opponent Mm
1: -hmm. i can see that that's a great strategy and totally viable actually totally viable i think you know you might even having a tantrum is not a very sports like not a very good sports ship behavior but i certainly think it could turn off your opponent and that i would almost consider to be a cheating you know you do have to I would think that decorum would be part of it. Um, definitely in hockey when that guy was licking his there was that guy that was licking people in hockey games. I don't remember his name
0: or anything. But, I it seem to miss that. Somewhere oh, later.
1: I just thought it was completely despicable. One, because of, of germs. <laughs> and two, uh, yeah, he was just trying to find some way to get into the head of the players, you know, his opponents. And it was so gross. Um, there was just something so narcissistic about it. Like just come on just just play. Yeah. Just
0: play indeed yeah. Well, did you check our uh, our emails today? I did check them and we do not have an email. I'm sorry you're oh, okay yeah sorry but thank I, you for I asking. Still don't I still don't have the access.
1: So. Oh my god well, well we can work that. I know
0: we'll fix it and then the oh. next time uh, <laughs> they want to make sure that we're secure from one another. To I know. stop it again well uh, but if if uh listeners out there if you would like to email us you can do so at the agency at gmail.com did i get that right
1: the agency at gmail.com yes yes <clears throat> you know what's too bad is what's i wish bad? the guy against neiman could have found a way to work around it and really like you you're not gonna cheat on me you're not gonna win this i wish he could have come out and you know almost like done a whammy game back at him like a mind game back at him i guess that's what he's doing now (laughs) with his public statement is trying to get under the skin of this guy
0: well yeah and i'm sure Mm. that none of this is going to be settled for some time right um particularly if there is a a lawsuit or something like that involved it could get really messy
1: it could yeah yep Well, I guess I'm going to talk to you soon.
0: Yes, next week. All right. And thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, where are you going to be next week? I might still be here. All right. Yeah, I'm
1: doing some sewing and caftan making. And I want to go down to Manhattan and, and see, you know, the fall exhibits. See what shows are happening with art.
0: I thought, by the way, in... Um in uh, the woman king mm-hmm. um that there were some excellent uh costumes that reminded me some, of captain i captain. know
1: there really were some great the costumes were amazing the wardrobe was incredible just those little um scarves they wore around their chest and yeah. there's and they all
0: wore something that we would call skirts i'm uh, just hoping yeah. that people don't start like <laughs> cutting into their body and sticking shark's teeth under their skin that was
1: different i just hope people
0: don't start doing that because sometimes (laughs) people see stuff in the movies and they just have to go and do it themselves and um don't try that at home don't try it at home (laughs) infection infection is not what you want no no but people do embed um
1: things in their body right now they do put beads under their skin and under the surface or inject um collagen to change their face around so we're already doing Apparently that. they do we do that all over the world in all different cultures we um body morph body mortification, more body modification happens everywhere okay all right um great talking to you and thanks for listening everybody bye bye